1: Well, Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining our show today, which is August 12, 2020. We have a great guest. It's going to be a very uplifting show. His name is David Hassell, and he's going to be talking about the four steps to radically change your life. He's also the author of a book called Focus, and he also has a number of other best-selling books. He's a counselor and he's a master life coach. He's an international speaker, and he also does radio. He, he basically would like to reach at least two million people or more every day in every area of life, regardless of your current circumstances. So um, let's bring him onto our show now. Hello, David.
2: Oh, fantastic. Nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: um, I already did your introduction. I guess you were having some phone problems getting, you know, reaching us.
2: Yes, yeah, so we were. Today yeah.
1: we're gonna today we're gonna talk about the four steps to radically change your life. So it's gonna be a very uplifting mm-hmm. show today.
2: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um most people right now, when you look at it, Denise in the world, there's all kinds of excuses of why we can't change during the pandemic. It's amazing. You know, I just got off the phone um, as a counselor. I just get, finished a session and there's a woman who's totally isolated, a very successful business person. But since the pandemic has happened because her social contacts are not social anymore, her avenues um. of getting out weren't, are not available available right and so she's gone into this deep depression and one of the things she kept saying is that well there's really nothing I can do until the pandemic's over and we have to really watch those belief systems because the pandemic may be with us for another year two or three years we don't know and if we're saying I'm going to wait as soon as the pandemic's over I'm going to open my business I'm going to fall in love I'm going to lose weight I'm going to drop my addiction it's already too late. So one of the most important things we want people to realize is that when it is time to change, we need to walk into the change and walk away from the excuses. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, and, and how many of us, you know, for everyone listening right now, how many people have reasons why they can't change today? Huge numbers all over the world. You know, my my husband wouldn't be happy. My partner wouldn't be happy. My kids wouldn't approve. My parents wouldn't approve. I mean, oh, my Lord. And so one of the things that we want to teach and that we're sharing here on the show tonight is that we want people, Denise, to become nonconformists versus conformists. Uh A nonconformist, in in today's society, a nonconformist would be someone who's not glued to the news. Yes. A nonconformist would be someone who's, not arguing over the presidential campaign, the race issues, the pandemic. Nonconformists are not talking conspiracy theories. All the conformists in the world are arguing with each other, talking conspiracy theories, coming up with reasons of why they can't do A, B, C, and D. But the nonconformists are the leaders in society today they're the ones that aren't paying attention every 30 seconds to the latest report. And you know, the other day, Denise, here's something funny. I was on a radio show like this doing an interview and the host said to me, how have you managed to stay balanced during this insanity? And I'll say, I'll be honest with you, three months ago, I got rid of the news for the past three months. I haven't watched the news and she goes, Oh my God, you, you must be so out of touch. I said, tell me something that I've missed in three months. Denise, there's nothing. Everything is the same. The pandemic is still here. The racial issues are here. The presidential insanity is here. So I haven't missed a thing. And I would challenge people when they want to make changes to look at how are you spending your time. So, you know, first, what are your beliefs? Are you waiting for this to be over until you change? Okay, we have to radically change that. Where are you putting your energy and time right now? Are you on social media arguing with people? Then you're a conformist, and you're not going to get very far. Are you watching the news every day? Then you're a conformist, and you're not going to get very far, because you cannot be creative when you're bogged down with the media. And even though you and I are on the media right now, this is a different form of media than what I'm talking about.
1: Right. No, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I don't, I don't watch the news either. <laughs> In fact, I don't even have—I don't even have uh, regular television.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Isn't that now? Now, how? When? When did you get rid of of the major television? How long has it been for you? Two years. Okay. How has your life improved in two years without television?
1: Dramatically. I'm more creative. Good. I uh-huh. I have a, a list of goals that I try to achieve on a daily basis, or some of them, of course, take a lot longer than that. Um, I check those lists uh-huh. in the evening. I'm able to check uh-huh. things off, and it feels just great. i very supportive <laughs> to, friend, to friends and family, irregardless uh-huh. of if they're a conformist or a nonconformist.
2: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so great. My life so great. isn't
1: a whole lot different outside of being able to do what we used to be able to do, which was, you know, to go out at night for entertainment, um, you know, those yeah. sort of things, you know, or tra- or travel.
2: So you know, going back to even though I just dropped everything, you know, in the last three months, something, something really cool happened after I dropped it. And this will happen to everyone if you're willing to follow what we're sharing tonight. I wrote, we, we, we wrote a book. I have 12 books now. The 12th one is coming out in about a month. And I wrote it in two days about a month ago. Now, when you write a book, you know I've been writing books for 25 years. Um, to write a book in two days says you have to be so on creatively. I mean, you have to be blasting it creatively to do that, and that's what happens when you cut out the media. Your creativity yes. will come back. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this one, one little mention here for people that are very tuned in to social media, television, etc. You will go through withdrawal and I'm not playing here when I say this, I'm not being fun. I'm just being real. You're going to go through withdrawal. You may have irritability, anxiety, insomnia. You may have trouble sleeping because you're not getting the juice that you're used to getting. The media is all about addiction. The social media is a huge addiction platform. Television, huge addiction platform. The news, probably one of the worst addiction platforms we could be engaged in. So, While I don't want to be Pollyanna and say, oh, just shut your TV off. You'll be fine. I'm saying, no, shut it off. You're not going to be fine at first. But when you get over that hump, that's where the beauty comes in. In the last three months, I'm probably reading two to three three books a month. I normally read one book a month. So I've tripled the amount of books because I'm not on social media. You know, it's just the benefits are so incredible, but we have to fight conformism. We have to fight mass consciousness because mass consciousness is all your friends or a lot of your friends may be very tuned into the conspiracy insanity. They may be very tuned into all this crap going on in the media. And so you have to be willing to stand your ground and not back down and not get engaged in disagreements. Because that's what society wants us to do. Um, mm. you know, I, I've been in, in, involved in the media for 40 years. And in the last couple of months, we've done a ton of interviews because of the pandemic, but also because we always have new products coming out, new books, new programs, etc. When I was on ABC National News not too long ago, I said to the reporter, are you guys bored as hell? Because you've got to be. All you've been doing since February is doing reports on either the pandemic or racial clashes or the presidential insanity. And she said, David, we're all bored out of our minds. But listen to this. Program directors across the board are telling us we're going to be doing these stories for the next year. Get used to it. We want sensationalism. Yeah, go find it. We want those clips that we're going to run 20 times in a row. See, and Denise, for people that don't understand media, how it works, it works on sensationalism. That's how television stations make money. They don't make money when they're showing, saving a puppy from a sewer. But they do make a ton of money when they have clashes and arguments and rage, right? Yes. And that's how their numbers go up. And that's how they look at advertisers and say, okay, the next quarter you're gonna be paying more because look at our numbers. Uh-huh. If we want if we wanna have a really powerful mindset, what I've encouraged people in all the work that we're doing is if we if imagine this, Denise, can you imagine if people across the USA quit watching the news today? Within sixty days there would be a radical change in programming in America. Not because the program directors want a radical change, but because the advertisers are going to walk. Uh-huh. And television is driven by money. So when an advertiser says, boy, your ratings have dropped, you know, you you have 75% less viewers than three months ago because of Denise's radio show and what David Essel said on it, <laughs> you know, and they're going to go, we're not going to pay top dollar. And that's about the only way we're ever going to see the media in our country change. It's
1: huh. a great statement.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and it's, it seems pollyanna in a way, like, well, how are we going to get 75% of the country to stop watching the news um I don't have all the answers, but I do know that that's probably one of the only ways we're going to see media change is by us walking away and not paying attention to the insanity, but it becomes very addictive.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. Not only that, uh, you know, I know so many people that are now taking medication for their anxieties mm-hmm. and for their depression mm-hmm. as a result of it.
2: That's right. That's right.
1: They're afraid to leave their homes. And we're talking oh. we're we're talking um, people that I know in their mid twenties.
2: Yeah. It you know, we have the the alcohol consumption in this country is through the roof compared to a year ago. Ah. There is um a wine a wine store that isn't far from me and one of my best friends knows the owner. They're at like increase from last year. One wine store, 75% increase in sales from the same month a year ago. Uh, That's huge. And it's sad, isn't it? It's very sad. No. So what we're doing is we're trying to escape the reality instead of dealing with it, and that never works long term. Yeah. As an alcoholic for 30 years, a former alcoholic that struggled for 30 years, I know exactly why we drink. It works short-term. It definitely gives us an alternate reality short-term,
1: uh-huh.
2: but it always comes back and bites us twice as hard down the road. Uh. So then the question is, you know, when is the best time to change? When is the best time to create new goals? When It's right now. (laughs) This Uh is the time, you know. There there are people making tons of money right now because they're outrageously creative and they're solving problems. You know, there was a woman, and I've I've been trying to get a hold of her, and I have not been successful, but I believe she's in Chicago. And what she did, Denise, was that she went to every house in her neighborhood, and I I guess she lives in a very populated area, where there are senior citizens, and she said, for $10, I will do your grocery shopping. Now, if you think about it, you go, how could she do it for $10? Well, what she does is she'll get 10 people to give her $10 with their list, and she'll go and she'll do all 10 people at the same time. This was someone who was struggling financially before the pandemic, who's doing phenomenal right now. He's probably hired other So people, right? this is the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, have you ever heard of the guy, Gary Vee? He's yes. a, um, uh, okay. So Gary Vee, so his backstory is incredible. You know, at, at eight years of age, he was opening a New Jersey, lemonade, a lemonade stand. Uh-huh. And he realized that he could only get one stand on one corner at a time. But if he hired five of his buddies, and he gave them each a corner of the street with a little table, he could make money off of all of them. I mean, that's (laughs) brilliant. (laughs) And and he's a multimillionaire today, you know? (laughs) Uh So, you know, one of the things for our audience is, like, let's get out of that belief that good things can't happen during the pandemic. Let's get, I mean, you know, you could get in the best shape of your life right now, for God's sake. You could, yes, you could learn how to quit addiction, right? I mean, there's so, you could write a freaking book. There's so many cool yeah, things you could do. Learn, if you learn get a out. foreign language,
1: <laughs> learn a foreign language. Right.
2: You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so many things. So, there's so many things. So, and, and, you know, we're the ones that hold ourselves back, right? We're the ones that sabotage our dreams. Yeah, I mean, and this it, is the time for all the us to
1: Yeah, go right ahead. It really is. Given that, how does someone create mental discipline so that they can take this road?
2: Yeah, so in our belief system, the most important hour of the day is the very first hour you wake up. If you wake up with a lot of Americans uh, do and you turn your smartphone over and you go on social media or you check your stocks or you check your email, you you check your your text messages, you are already behind the eight ball, Denise, in regards to having discipline to change. Uh So we encourage everyone, the first hour of every day, there is no phone, there's no television, there's no social media, there's nothing other than you creating a disciplined first hour of the day journaling, meditating, prayer, reading scripture, reading uh, Dwayne Dyer, whatever it is that turns you on that is motivational. We ask people to limit anything non-motivational to start the second hour of the day. So the very first thing we do is we say, if we start the day with discipline, the odds are we can carry that forward. Start uh-huh. the day in comfort, social media, email. There's no discipline in that. It's what we've always done. Discipline means doing the opposite of what we're comfortable doing. That's discipline. So you asked a great question. And the answer is every day, if we start the first hour dedicated to personal growth, you are now creating a life of discipline. Uh Step one, start there. Don't worry about anything else. Just start there. What
1: about setting goals?
2: We have a program we created in 1996 called the One Thing Theory, and the One Thing Theory states that at any given time in life, there's only one goal to go after. It's the one you've denied, delayed, procrastinated on. Now, this is going to sound strange coming from a motivational guy, but Mm – Too many people, when they pick a goal, they pick something fun. And while that's Mm -hmm. fine as a secondary goal, the real question is, what are you avoiding? You know, do you have an addiction that you're not taking care of? What about your weight, your health? What about your relationships? How about money? Do you have good money management? Is your money management terrible? So we say when you're going to pick a goal, pick the one that you'd rather not do. That's holding you back the most in life. And here's something fascinating to me. When your listeners go after that one thing, they've denied, delayed, procrastinated, and they really attack it within anywhere from three to six months, we can see a radical change in how we feel about ourselves and where our life is going. So if you are like me and you struggled with addiction, the number one goal, the only goal that mattered in the beginning was just sobriety. Just quit drinking sounds easy. It's not if you have a long-term habit. Mm -hmm. But what i found in my sobriety is that every area of my life improved once I got sober. There was um, a couple I worked with that had always struggled with money. And so they came in, and they were in their 40s. They had three kids. They had never purchased a home before. And so they said, you know what? We have no idea what we're doing financially. We want you to help us. And I said, okay, awesome. So the very first thing we did, which is very strange to a lot of people when you talk about becoming financially free, most people think it's about income. It's not at all. Financial freedom, the step number one is your expenses. If you can't get your expenses under control at the current money you're making, if you make more money, you're going to just blow it. You'll never get them under control. So this couple came in and they said, you know, we want to make more money. Teach us how to make more money so we can buy a house. And I said, now we're going to do it the opposite way. Let's take a look at your expenses. Well, here's something interesting. Between the two of them, they had $3,000 a month of wasted income every month. Entertainment that wasn't necessary, trips that weren't necessary. I mean, they were just blowing their money. And they couldn't understand why they couldn't buy a house. When we finally had them reeling their expenses, Denise, here's the wild thing. Within 10 months, they had saved $30,000 and bought their first house. (laughs) but it was doing, yeah, it was doing what they didn't want to do. You know, they didn't want to cut expenses. They just wanted to learn how to make more money. Uh But when they bought into the program and they cut their expenses within 10 months, they had moved into their first house. Now, if you think about that, a couple who for 20 years had talked about buying a house and they could never do it. then they did it in 10 months.
1: A whole different mindset.
2: And it is. It, that's discipline plus going after the one goal you'd rather not go after.
1: had they even thought about that
2: goal? had they thought about it? Well, you know, they thought about it for twenty years, but they didn't want to do the work. <laughs> you know, so they had uh-huh. fantasized about well, when we make X amount of money, we're going to buy a house. When we, and, okay, but they never put the money aside, right? Mm. Well, no. on, on
1: some level, it just wasn't that important.
2: <clears throat> well, you know what? We can flip that around and say at some level, they didn't want to get uncomfortable. That's the truth. It was important to them, but they didn't want to get uncomfortable. So they wanted the house, but they didn't want to cut their monthly expenses. Yeah,
1: they didn't want to sacrifice You know, to to like the house.
2: They didn't <laughs> want to sacrifice. Exactly. <laughs> the That's exactly right. <laughs>
1: What does what that you called? Instant it. And, gratification? <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, and, and when you think about the number of people that will, you know, go and purchase things on a daily basis that aren't necessary, and then at the end of the month complain about not having money, but they never look at why, right? It's like, I just need to make more money. And I hear that all the time. And I'm constantly saying, now you just need to cut your expenses. Once you do that, and then you start making more money, you'll actually be in the black. But if Uh you just say, I'm going to wait till I make money in order to buy this house or buy the car, we say, don't go that direction. Let's look at where the unnecessary expenses are.
1: I recently read an article, and it said Mm -hmm. that Americans are paying down their debt as a result of the pandemic.
2: Perfect. Perfect. I would love to know what percentage that is. I think that's great. Um, and for the people that are doing it, it's phenomenal. You know, one of my clients before the pandemic, she, what she kept saying to me, I want to do this program. I want to do this program. I want to learn about money management and I go, okay, well, let's start next week. And she goes, Oh no, no, no. I don't think I'm ready next week. Well, when the pandemic hit, she was finally ready. And and the great news is that this is the best time to cut expenses because there's no movie theaters open. There's, depending on <laughs> what state you live in, <laughs> bars aren't open. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. There isn't anywhere to go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can go to the beach. So,
2: you know, right? so this is, you can, yeah, you can right. run, you can walk,
1: <laughs> you, can, right. you can bike, you can drive, you can yep. go to the beach. You can hike. <laughs> that's about it.
2: <laughs> exactly. That's it. You know, now I did hear, you know, I live in Florida and I heard that there's some movie theaters opening August 21st, which is going to be really fascinating if that comes through, who knows if it will, but that's what they're saying right now. Um, I don't know how they're going to do the social distancing. of course they'll do, you know, they'll have to do everything according to guidelines, but um if that happens, that's going to be the first in – in our area in Florida, that's going to be the first entertainment that's going to really be here. You know, we have – the bars were open and they were shut down, and then some were reopened if they sold X amount of percentage of food. You know, but it's it's been a nightmare, and so a lot of people are really struggling with their isolation.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I also, I also read that there's um – Some really big box stores, I mean really large ones, that have huge parking lots, and they're making them into (laughs) drive-in theaters.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. Isn't it? That's brilliant. See, that that activity that I was talking about, you know, there are people and there are companies, Denise, just like what you explained, that are taking advantage of this time. And they're uh-huh. going, Let's get creative let's make money. Let's let's fill the need. Like there's tons of need right now in our country. So that's brilliant, taking those parking lots <laughs> and turning them into drive in. I love it.
1: Drive in theater.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Well let's talk
1: let's talk yeah, about that, your, that brings um,
2: back, remember?
1: I know, I know, it totally does. As a kid, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: So let's talk about your book, Focus. Yeah, Focus. What you yeah, so, about your book?
2: You know, um, when Focus came out, Focus is a follow-up. I, I've been, as I mentioned earlier, Denise, I've been writing books for 25 years, but I wrote books for 20 years without ever having a number one bestseller. And every time we'd release a book, we'd go, this is going to do it, and never did. And then this, what surprised the heck out of me Our first book that went number one, which is about five years ago now, was called Positive Thinking Will Never Change Your Life, but this book will. And (laughs) we destroyed the law. Yeah. And what we did was we took the law of attraction and the secret, and we said, this stuff is so filled with nonsense. (laughs) And that was the whole purpose of the book, is to say, you know, we've been fed a line of crap. And Uh here's something interesting, Denise and I say this in our books from 1980, when I entered this world 40, uh, the business world 40 years ago, from 1980 to 1996, I taught the law of attraction. I traveled all over the world as a motivational speaker saying, whatever you put out into this glorious universe must come back to you. And it's a bunch of crap. Um, <laughs> you can put out all <laughs> it's, it's total crap. Like, you know, when. So for 30 years now, I've hosted syndicated radio shows. And Wayne Dyer, God, when he was alive, I probably had him on seven, eight times, Deepak, all these different all-stars in the world of personal growth. Not one of them, Denise, ever said to me, David, I accrued my wealth, I accrued my success via affirmations. Not one of them ever said, I got this successful because of my vision board. When I interviewed bodybuilders, no one said, you know, how how did I win Mr. Olympia? Through my vision board. I had my picture up there of a huge bodybuilder. I stared at it every day and looked what happened to my body. So then when focus came out, we said, let's take it a step further. And so we said, if you're going to think about the law of attraction, think about it this way. You can attract greatness into your life if you're willing to do what 90% of the world is not willing to do, period. And that's really the law of attraction. The people that, you know, we were talking about Gary Vee, you know, we're, all these people we talk about. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, Wayne Dyer struggled with alcohol, cocaine, and nicotine. Um, Deepak Chopra was a two-pack-a-day smoker as a cardiologist in a Boston hospital. These people didn't overcome their addictions via vision boards and affirmations. They actually did something. They had to work. So what we did in Focus was we said, those people that are creating incredible success in life, they all have something in common. And it's called Focus. So I want to tell you a couple stories from the book one is uh, a guy named ray higdon ray came to me in 2008 after the big meltdown the the housing market economic mar- meltdown in the u.s he had been in the business of flipping houses had made a ton of money the market crashed and he's a single dad with two kids and he's getting kicked out of his own house he lost every penny to his name so he called me and he said hey can you do a session with me i don't have any money i said sure he goes can we do it in a restaurant? Could you buy me lunch? I don't have any money. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I go, wow. I go, you, you've got some balls. Yes. The answer is yes. Just because you're asking, I'm going to say, yes. So I meet him at this restaurant. I buy him lunch and we talk. And I said to him at the end of the hour, I, I looked at him. I said, Ray, I said, you have so much passion, brother. You have to find something uh-huh. else to sell. You can't sell houses. The market's dead. But all I can tell you is, put in ten hour days, five, six days a week into selling something and you're gonna come back. So he left and on the way home he stopped at Barnes and Noble and got the secret, the book The Secret. And he goes home and he's listening to what I said, but the secret says that all you have to do is think about what you want and it'll come to you. So Ray sits in his house for the next thirty days and he built vision boards. Swear to God, Denise this God's on the truth. He built vision boards. He started affirming that he was making all this money. And at the end of 30 days, he's screwed. He's in worse shape. So then he says, we talked one time and I said, right, you really got to find something to sell. So he goes into network marketing. He finds a product in network marketing. He gets a guy, his upline to start training him. And he wasn't getting anywhere. He was trying his best for 30 days. And then one of the guys in his network marketing group said to him, Go after 20 rejections a day, and you'll be a millionaire in a year. So, Ray said, what are you talking about? He goes, go after 20 rejections a day. Do not stop making calls until you have 20 no's. In the process of getting 20 no's, you're going to start getting yeses. One year after starting this process, he was making 50000 a month. He is now making over a million a month. focus, discipline, and he was doing, Denise, what 90% of us won't do. Mm -hmm. And that's the key of focus. Evelyn Keeling, 240 pounds overweight. Now imagine yourself with an extra 240 pounds. Just imagine that. Evelyn is 5'5", 240 pounds overweight, in her 40s. She had tried every diet, every weight loss group, nothing worked. She had told herself it was genetics. There wasn't anything she could do. And finally, she got so tired of being so overweight. They wheeled her into a health club in a wheelchair because she couldn't walk with that much weight on her. Uh. They propped her up on a treadmill. So she had something to hold on to. And the first several days in the gym, she was walking two to three minutes and then they would take her out. Her focus and dedication was so intense, not only did she lose all 240 pounds, which she has still kept off today, but in her 50s, Denise, she walked on stage in Las Vegas in front of 15,000 screaming fans. On the one side of the stage was this monster photo of her in a wheelchair, 240 pounds overweight, and here she is rocking a bikini and heels. As a figure (laughs) competitor, it is one of the coolest, coolest stories, you know, but, but those are just examples from the book focus, Slay your goals that say, whatever your incredible goal is, no matter how many challenges you have, read these stories, get inspired. You know, Ray Higdon doesn't have anything that you don't have, or I don't have, or any of our listeners. Everyone has the ability to go after 20 rejections a day. Are you willing to, to make the money you want? Evelyn Keeling uh-huh. didn't have anything in her favor to lose two hundred and forty pounds. But she did. And so we want to inspire people. Yeah, you're gonna to have to work hard if the goal is big, and yes, it'll be worth it.
1: Wonderful. We can add persistence to that and it and it could very well
0: be Absolutely. similar to
1: focus. But I've I've never really seen anyone that's successful that hasn't been very
2: persistent. Absolutely. You know, there's many times people say, how did you keep writing books for 20 years when you weren't selling any? And that was true. You know, We would sell so few.
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, I remember the first book. I still probably have 200 copies. You know, we ended up, this is back in the mid-90s. You know, this was before print-on-demand and you had to buy a ton of books to get a deal. I don't know. We bought 6,000 books or something like that. I still have several hundred left. Um, <laughs> so our books weren't selling. But, but, you know, I believed that they would. And I, and I knew that people had become successful after years of never selling books. So, you know, we, we've got to get that belief in our mind.
1: Uh-huh. And then we
2: have to just continue to push through. So let's talk about
1: um, what you could offer our guests.
2: Yeah. So, all right, the website's so easy to remember, talkdavid.com, T-A-L-K-David, talkdavid.com. Appropriately named because it's all I do, Denise. Um, (laughs) Talk left and right, (laughs) up and down, all over the place. But when you go to talkdavid.com, we've got some free things there. First, we have blogs. Oh, my God, there's hundreds of blogs on What we're talking about tonight, persistence, perseverance, love, relationships. There's all kinds of free blogs you can read. You can sign up for the David Essel's Motivational Minute, absolutely free. Two days a week, you're going to get an inspirational video from us in your email box early in the morning to start your day. So great. Yeah, so I would just ask your listeners to go to talkdavid.com, peruse it, check it all out. Uh, We have a brand new book on love coming out that we have up there right now. So whatever they're looking for, they'll find information at talkdavid.com.
1: Oh, wonderful. Now you're going to be doing a webinar. Is that going to be coming up soon too?
2: Yes. September 1st, we have a free webinar on how to be successful during the pandemic. And so we encourage people, you can go to the website, talkdavid.com, sign up for the free webinar. And that's right around the corner. Yeah.
1: Oh, wonderful.
2: Well, thank you so much.
1: Really, this has been quite an uplifting interview, like I started out with. And uh, really appreciate you taking your time. You're a very busy,
2: busy, busy guy. (laughs) Yeah. This was fun, Denise. You know, it's always enjoyable being with a host that's not talking pandemic or politics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. We'll we'll take it. I appreciate you. I you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye now. All right, that wraps up our show for today. I encourage you all to go to um his website I think that we all need the positiveness of talkdavid.com. And join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another great guest. Till then, please be well. Bye-bye.
0: We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.health.com. MediaNow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book Got Cancer? Now What?